some cinematic discourse how about you uh, my head is switched on and off at the same time do you <laughs> mind if i start the show with something that i've been wanting to do for a couple of days absolutely so i wanted to address the uh comment that we got last week on the show with a small apology as a continuation forwards on movies 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 i'm really sorry for saying that sbs is culturally irrelevant in the context of a critique of a tv show my qualms with sbs's content are different to whether or not it is culturally irrelevant or not, that is not for me to say. So for that, I am sorry. With that, we should kick off some news about SBS that we've heard this week. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. I mean, we're no longer living in the bridey days of movies, movies, movies. We're now with you, Maya. And so we've got a new sting, which I think better matches our, our new tone, our new... Mm-hmm form of discourse which is uh maybe a little less baity maybe a little more i don't know what it is we're gonna uh, change the segments a little bit as well we're thinking of trying to rename them so it suits our style our abrasive style of talking so you can say farewell to two reviews and maybe something that's a bit more appropriate for what we do which might just be two mumbles or two brainstorms or take two, two. two, two take, take two that's take two, two that's takes, right yeah uh, and we're also going to ditch the new spotlight and just call it spotlight because we want to open up the space to different things happening that aren't just... Make it a bit events. more of a soapbox, I think. That's been yeah. really fun the last couple of Ooh. weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so diving into movie news, one thing that I was really excited about because we haven't been able to report on anything for the last few months because nothing has been getting made. I mean, that's not entirely true. But Sam Levinson, the director of Assassination Nation, which we absolutely loved on this show has written and directed a new film in the days of, in like six days of quarantine because Zendaya asked him to. It also stars John David Washington, who's going to be the star of Tenet, which is like the entire cinema industry is relying on to kickstart them the moment that cinemas are allowed to release new things. Okay. Um, and apparently it's kind of like a response to a marriage story, which should be interesting. But also feels weird to me because a marriage story is about a middle-aged couple and Zendaya's like... It- uh-oh, I don't know how old Zendaya is, but she's way younger than ScarJo and Adam Driver. So I'm interested to see what the marriage story tone is. Outside of your little bubble, people still get married at, you know, this upwards of 16. Um, also, Nine Perfect Strangers from writer Leon Mori- Moriarty, uh, who did famously did Big Little Lies, is actually gearing up to shoot in Byron with Melissa McCarthy and Nicole Kidman. And they're going to join Zac Efron in Byron Bay. Is Zac Efron in Byron Bay? Yeah, I'm Damn. The show. I'm sorry. Zac Efron's quarantining in Byron Bay at the moment. But so let's leave the Byron Bay news <laughs> and go to Halloween news, which is that the next installment in the Halloween series called Halloween... Kills. Halloween Kills. I knew that there was Halloween in there, but the rest of it has been postponed by a whole year, a whole famous calendar year because of COVID-19. So we got a sneaky little teaser trailer, some, what is it? 
18 months before the actual film's going to get released, which feels wildly ridiculous and inappropriate, but so classic COVID-19. It's going to give us so much time to get a single celebrity interview for 2020, hopefully. Mm -hmm. We can Skype Jamie and find out about that. I guess now we go back to the news. There's been a lot of admins in the discourse between Sydney Film Festival and SBS and NIDA in the last couple of weeks since the call-outs began. It's been messy, to say the least. My advice is just to log into Twitter and make up your own mind. Um, there's so much to cover in this space that it almost feels reductive for us to mention any of it. But basically, there's been more call-outs saying, you know, SBS is such an important institution, but there has been experiences that are unsafe there. And also, with the mukbang um, response on Sydney Film Festival, mm-hmm. that Nash and Moodley talked to the Sydney Morning Herald, and there was a huge signature kind of roundup of filmmakers who've previously been featured um, in Sydney Film Festival defending the festival and its right to exist, which, I don't know, for me feels like it kind of misses the point. It feels Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of uh, admins in the discussion thread telling us basically how to have discourse around things, which is what they say they want. But Some of the filmmakers include Tony Ayres, Warwick Thornton, David Michaud, Rachel Perkins, who have all co-signed this letter proclaiming that... uh, what Sydney Film Festival is going through is potentially unfair and that the discourse needs to change in order for us to progress into the future. Mm, So make up your own mind on that. We'd love to hear opinions. Text in if you've been following these stories or if you have any other tea. Um, Yeah, huge. I guess that's all we've got for movie news this week. So quickly recapping, movie news is going to be movie news... Going forward, there's going to be, instead of two reviews, this will be the last week you're going to be hearing the words two reviews, Uh, Movies, Movies, Movies will be changing their segment names to be Take Two and Spotlight. So we're going to be looking still at Sydney-orientated spotlightiness, uh, but also shifting that news and spotlight. And and one other thing as well. We are always looking for special guests or co-hosts, so drop your Absolutely. Resumes. There is no reason why we should be doing this every single week, just us two. We would love anyone else to contribute to the show if they want to or if they have a voice. Just bring a voice in. Yeah, 100%. Text in 0409-945-945. We'll get in touch. Send you Jen and Andre's deets in a safe way to get in touch with them. Now, we have... <laughs> Take two. And we're going to be kicking off with Jen's review, I May Destroy You. Here's a little cheeky snippet. We're watching our favourite German TV show. Science. Animation at At the the same same time. time. Oh, where'd you get that? Can't remember. Me again. Allow me to pick up where I left off. I just smashed your phone. I don't know. How did last night end? I'm Jay-Z on a bad day. Shakespeare on my worst days. Flashbacks. Yeah, I see him a bit. In and out of doorways, jigging, jigging through the broad day. My friend is stressed. Listen to her talk. Make her feel good. If you're gonna talk on my name, Lisa, with your chest. yourself with people who affirm you. Are you going to miss me? Don't like this sort of conversation. Are we boyfriend and girlfriend? Could you say yes? Wouldn't be a conversation. Bit of a long one, but you know, why not? 
<laughs> Gives you Honestly, the full picture. This, this show is long and it's meant to be enjoyed long. It does feel like one continuous film, but it honestly is more crack for children of divorce coming our way in 2020. BBC and HBO's I Made a Story was famously written by chewing gum genius Michaela Cole after she was spiked and attacked one day during the pre-production. But it feels like the first truly relatable film in the post-girls millennial writer and the yuppie metropolis genre where consent, popularity and self-help are all games. And it has this modern day vertigo vibe where she chaotically retraces steps to and from Italy and her childhood after being drugged and gaslit and assaulted. It's like a weekend in the city by block party, putting the pieces together and spiraling into a mess in front of the big bosses where, who are more concerned with the optics and deadlines and bullying, which makes me think about all of these powerful people this week in the media industry, defending the recent call outs aimed at the industry, which she famously pioneered in her groundbreaking 2018 McTaggart lecture, which you can see, where she's the first black woman and youngest person ever to give the lecture and she did not hold back. Something they all deserved if our interview with Desiree Akavan about her experience at the BBC was anything to go by. In this show, she manages to improve on Big Little Lies flashback edits by expanding them into entire complex episodes. It's definitely getting overhyped, but I also started to watch it before the tsunami of praise started hitting every week. So it feels like a personal album and I would definitely recommend watching it in bed, drinking lots of water so you're ready to cry and forced to take pee breaks. And also she turned down a million dollars from Netflix to make this because they would not let her maintain her copyright. So mm. props to Michaela Cole, gen- genuinely a hero of 2020. Oh my it wasn't the copyrights, it was the royalties. That they were like, we'll give you a million dollars, but if it's profitable, we want all the cash afterwards. And it was, was also like, the copyright for and sure. And the copyright as well. Yeah. Oh my God, damn. They I- wouldn't even, she was like 5%? And they were like, mm. And she was like, how about like 0.05? And they were like, uh-uh. And they hung up on her. What? Yeah, this show is bonkers. Uh, something about the show that I think is really exceptional is how um, eerie it is and also how hypnotic it is. Because there's this like tone to it that's that you see in a lot of shows about people unpacking their trauma and unpacking their assaults. And it can feel very like heavy loaded and like and demanding and, and difficult but this show is so hypnotic and it just keeps you invested the whole way through without faltering once and i think for what seems like a, a like a small intimate show it packs such a wider punch yeah absolutely i mean when you're in a community of survivors it's like yeah do we have to have like a really heavy-handed depiction of this it's so nice and refreshing to see someone just like getting on with their life and retracing the steps and trying to help themselves yeah you're right it's not heavy-handed yeah. which is really it's not it's so good and i mean i'm not saying that i don't like heavy-handed shows i mean big little lies that second season oh la la, oh, la, la. that was 15 punches <laughs> but you know Michaela calls. I I know what you say about enjoying this before the hype, but this is the first show, and you can quote me on this. This is the first show where you should believe the hype. I believe it is truly exceptional. First show of 2020 where you should believe the hype. Absolutely, Michaela calls here to stay. Big calls right here on movies, movies, movies. (laughs) Mm. I'm here for it. And we've got another review bait from Andre. I actually. I actually don't know if it's called Bait. I mean, there there is a show called Bait by the same person, but this Instagram comedy show that I'm reviewing it hasn't so so and so been It's titled. definitely called Bait. It just is doesn't it have though? an intro sequence on the IGTV that you've been watching. <laughs> We're calling it Bait for now. <laughs> All right, let's t- let's take it away. Go as far as I thought I did. Wow, I really appreciate that um, thoughtful answer. Now, I saw on your Instagram that you were promoting Black authors like. 
um, Wesley Laurie, who wrote They Can't Kill Us, and The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Austin and Channing, I mean, let's fucking go. Totally tiny. Playlist of Fod, like, exactly. let's go. Now, you're a vociferous reader. How many of these books have you read? Honestly, of the nine books that I recommended on my Instagram, I've read four. Wow. And But, I, but I've ordered the other five from Black Bookshop, so I would like my Allied cookie now. There are no cookies in this game. Now, who can you tell me who Marcus Garvey is? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Okay, interesting. What about Huey P. Newton? Is he a poet of the Harlem Renaissance? Because otherwise, I don't know him. Absolutely not. Okay, okay Fred cool. Hampton. I don't know any of these names. Angela Davis? Angela mm. Davis is a civil rights activist. Who's still alive and it's weird. Big calls. Big calls all around on movies, movies, movies. Take it away, Andre. <laughs> this is a comedy show that's way more about big calls than anything that's on Instagram at the moment. It's Zwei Fumido's Instagram live comedy show, which we're calling bait, and some people have called bait as well, but I haven't seen that in writing, and you know me, you cannot trust me with anything. <laughs> but ostensibly the the premise is that she invites celebrities or cultural figures in America onto her live Insta chat story. Oh my God, what? I sound like an old person. How would you, it's, a, it's like an Instagram conversation video chat where she invites celebrities who have been canceled or ousted for racialized comments or racist views. And she interviews them one-on-one, face-to-face. We're talking Alison Romaine, who I call Romaine, but I know it's pronounced Alison Roman, <laughs> and Caroline Calloway about their mishaps in public and she grills them. She looks them in the eye down, like the shoot of the barrel or whatever the oh, right. expression is. And she looks at them and says, name five black people. Tell me how many black friends you have. And she asks really pointed questions about the guests' relationship to race. Now that was sort of what I believe is the starting point or premise, but it's also expanded to interview other luminaries on the scene, on the New York comedy scene. And it's basically just like a conversation keynote show that is supposedly a comedy show, but we all know why we're watching it. We're watching it because it's so exciting to watch white people be put on the spot and blasted. It's tense and grueling and cringeworthy. There is so many, so many white tears and so much cringe that that is one of the draw cards. But then also underneath that, there are also elements of education and discussion. Jen, how do you feel about this? How do you feel watching these live stories? Oh, I'm completely obsessed with her. I cannot get enough of Z-Way. Her interview with... Rose McGowan is probably one of the most like fascinating 40 minutes mm. of my life. Oh. Um, the new one is really, really good. They happen on, I think, Saturday morning. So they're so, right? Yeah. That right. we've been tuning in Saturday morning. You can watch them live as Friday, well. Friday, and Friday, Friday, Oh, Friday, Friday morning, Friday. sorry. And the comments like go live and everyone is watching these. Yeah. So everyone oh is gosh. tuning in that you're interested in mm. and offering their takes, offering questions. Um, yeah, another good one also is Jeremy O'Harris. He features on one of the episodes and he is absolutely so articulate about his artistic practice and his relationship to racism. And it's a show about race and racism where, you know, you get to watch and learn and cringe. It's very mm. cringe. Yeah, she's on point. Sounds like a bit of a flip on like a, a roast. It's fully a roast. Oh, it's fully a roast. It's fully a roast and it's live. And it's it kind of takes the place of, I imagine that she was doing this live in New York before and now it's gone onto online and it's opened up to a much mm. wider audience and there's huge amounts of pressure and um, she's taking up space in this kind of addictive anyway now we're taking we're, now we're taking, now we're taking up space, taking up space. <laughs> anyway two great shows to watch they're so easy to get onto if you know how to legally download and download instagram you need to get onto these two it's 
We've been saying that the only thing that's worth watching at the moment is bait and I may destroy you and that you can quote us on. Spotlight. And right now on Movies, 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 we have uh, Spotlight, Sydney Spotlight, formerly known as, and Jen and Andre have a pre-recorded interview with Alex Wu, Melbourne-based filmmaker who directed Idol, which took out the Dendi Live Action Short Film Award at the Sydney Film Festival this year. Uh, with Alex, they discussed the filmmaking process, the purpose of art, winning a major award at the Sydney Film Festival, and what Idol is really about. Soon it will be available in its full glory uh, in a podcast, in the podcast rather, so be sure to keep an eye out. But first, let's get a cheeky little snippet. Hey FBI, this is Alex Wu. I'm a filmmaker based in Melbourne, and you're going to hear me talk about my short film, Idol. How do you feel that... People are going to be drawn to your work because of all this uh, goss that's happening with the Sydney Film Festival. Um, you know, if a byproduct of the controversy is more people paying attention to art, paying attention to films uh, and stories, that's a good thing. Um, if it's paying attention to it without really considering the stories themselves and kind of using it as, I guess, a scapegoat to talk about greater social issues, I think that's when you get in danger. Good art should inspire conversation. It should inspire dialogue. Uh, I just hope we're having the right conversations um, instead of just jumping on to attack first um, before actually watching and actually critically trying to have an attempt at understanding what the whole picture is. All you want as a filmmaker is to make work that people like and they respond to. Um, but it's so easy for, for things to get misinterpreted or taken out of context and you lose out on the conversation that the film was trying to have in the beginning. Can you describe what it's like? And I'm, I'm shouting out to all the emerging filmmakers or wannabe filmmakers. Can you describe what it's like to win a prize at a film festival for a film you've made? Yeah. Um, okay. So... Picture you just went to IGA to get some groceries. You're going to make, um, you know, pesto or something. And all your housemates are like going to see family. So you're like in the house by yourself and you got all these groceries. And then you get a phone call and they're like, uh, hey, sorry, uh, this is an un- it was an unknown number. I wasn't sure if you're going to pick up. I thought it was a, someone from a call center. So I missed the call originally. She's like, oh, we don't really do this, but considering the situation where there is not going to be an awards ceremony, basically we need you to record a acceptance speech because you won best short they, film. They, they didn't tell you first up that you won that you won an award. They were like, we need you to record a speech because you have won an award. Oh, uh, no, that was, that's just my bad memory. They said, uh, here's some good news. Uh, congratulations. Very happy to uh, tell you this good news. That was just my memory. <laughs> Making it sound more dramatic. Why did you want to make something that could be seen as distressing or quite dramatic for people? Well, I get that, you know, uh, a lot of people go to cinema for escapism because life is distressing and life is stressful and life is dark and life is sad. But you need to come to terms with those facts if you want to do anything about it. 
you need to accept the world is distress is distressing and stressful and sad if you have any chance of being able to think of a solution how to fix it how to call attention to it how to talk about it how to process it and how to move on what i try to communicate with these this film even that like loneliness and sadness uh is within everyone we're all we all feel like we're missing a part of ourselves and it causes a lot of us to act and react to things irrationally and in ways that could damage us but you know all we can do is support each other i think that's i think that's what i'll try to say with the movie alex that is it i think thank you so much for being honest with me and sharing your story and your answers with me and your time yeah, that's all right. It was a pleasure to meet you, Andre. I hope this he wasn't, uh, you know, <laughs> was usable. I had fun. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> um... Alex Wu right there in conversation uh, with Jen and Andre talking about their win at the Dendi Live Action Short Film Award. Well, rather for the Dendi Live Action Short Film Award at the Sydney Film Festival earlier this year. Jen, Andre, what a fabulous chat. When is it going to be up in its full form? Oh, my God, it's so hard to tell. It was part of the Sydney Film Festival, so it was available for those few weeks for $14 uh, if you wanted to watch it. Um, you'll have to get on to Alex about that because it will probably tour festivals because of its success, so you might get a chance to see it. But it's this harrowing kind of one-take long shot of a Chinese pop star being grilled by his management team because a stan has died and they're, I guess, trying to link him to the, to the death. Yeah, well, the, well, the stan committed suicide because yeah. of um, pop star's relationship. Yeah. So, um, or so we're led to believe. Like, a part of my read of it was, did anyone die? Is this just a form of control? Like, what is the subtext here? It's definitely layered. Definitely an interesting mm. film. Very dramatic. and Extremely dramatic. Yeah, um, wild. Yeah, and it's cool. To, it's cool to think that this is probably the, the only year where you'll be able to see really accessibly films of, that travel to festivals without actually being in the city that the festival's in because everything's online. So stick it out to see if Idol comes to a screen near you, and by screen I mean laptop screen. Hell yeah! Well, you can listen back to everything that we caught up on on movies, movies, movies. Wherever you get your podcasts from, just look for FBI Radio, and it'll be right under there. Thank you so much, Jen. Andre, can't wait to catch up on your takes, be them hot or not, on movies next week, next Monday at the same time. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you so Cheerio. much. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.